Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Straw Hut Media. Um, but one of the things we first wanted to acknowledge is we were talking about Spotlight, oh. the movie, which we know you had a, a big part in. And the tone for the show uh, is pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a light rom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Good soundtrack. <laughs> Who are we? We're a couple of true crime aficionados, not unlike Charles, Oliver, and Mabel, the three main characters in Hulu's newest show, Only Murders in the Building. We're making a podcast about a show where the characters make their own podcast about a murder. So meta. Why are we here? To solve a murder. And to try to figure it out before all is revealed in the season finale. We may not be in the Arconia ourselves, but we will get some inside information from some of the cast and crew, and maybe even get a few clues. As of now, we've seen the first three episodes. But as always, listeners beware. So if you haven't watched, catch up now. Hit the pause button, stream episodes one, two, and three, and come right back so we don't spoil anything for you. And in this episode, we talk with Michael Cyril Crichton, who's Howard the Cat Guy and a potential suspect. We caught up with Michael Cyril Crichton. He plays Howard Morris on the show. It was late in New York, but he made time for us, and his backdrop was a very unique gallery wall. That's a painting of Madeline Kahn. <laughs> That's <laughs> that phenomenal. Is, um, and these are just other pieces of art. That's a There is a drawing I did of my husband and me and our dog. Oh, my God. This is an artist named Rebecca Morgan that I love. Um, Maya Hayek, just a lot of different art. One of his most memorable roles was in the Academy Award-winning film Spotlight. But today, episode three, Michael plays Howard, the bereaved owner of his beloved cat, Evelyn. So are, are you a cat person in real life? I like all animals. I am a dog person, so there was some mm-hmm. substitution in my acting, but um, <laughs> I, am a, I am a dog person. I do have a dog. Um, you do have I a dog. do like cats. I I like cats. I had a cat at one point. She passed away. We got new furniture. It was like, (laughs) you know, all our furniture was ruined. No portraits above the fireplace. (laughs) No portraits of Olivine, but I did love her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, the show is about the murder and the podcast within this Mm -hmm. series. Have you been one of those true crime type of people? Do you watch like Dateline, 2020, any podcast? I don't uh, listen to any true crime podcasts or any of Dateline 2020, but I do love true com- crime uh, documentary shows. So mm-hmm. I like Thank cult you. ones. Is like I the love, ne- oh, the cult. A <laughs> cult one I love, which I would call yeah. crime. Um, and uh, I just watched, and I was late to the game on this one, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. So uh, that kind of stuff really gets me going. Like the, yeah. the other night, I was like, I'm just going to start one episode of I'll Be Gone in the Dark. And by the next day, I had finished the whole thing. Unfortunately, our binging is limited here, since only three episodes have been released. But to kick things off, we asked Michael how he got involved in the project. Well, it was a regular casting thing, but I did know uh, Jamie Babbitt, who is one of the executive producers and directed the first two episodes, uh, and I think the last two episodes. But um, she's amazing, and we had worked together on the pilot of League of Their Own, um, which was, you know, right before COVID. Um, and I got an email from her saying, you know, there's a part in this show. Um, I told casting about you. I, I auditioned for it. 
uh, on Zoom because it was, you know, in the heat of it all. Um, fell in love with the part immediately uh, and then had a callback on Zoom with all of them. And um, that was it. And then I waited a long time to find out if I got it or not. But wow. it was it was pretty traditional. I ha- But I did have someone in my corner, which was nice. Um, yeah. yeah Jamie. Jamie's great. Yeah. Yeah. Was Jamie. it awkward auditioning and doing the whole process by Zoom? I liked it because so much of almost all of the auditions I've done during this time have been uh, taping in my own apartment with no real interaction, Interaction. no feedback, nothing like that. Um, And I really thrive off of other people, as most of us do, I think. Um, So the fact that this one was specifically on Zoom, I think, really helped me sort of give the performance I wanted to give. And there was feedback and there was, you know, a conversation and they could get a sense of who I was. I think I might have had Sharon, my dog, with me at the time <laughs> See, for one of them. That's what you have, too. You're like, look how yeah. much I can act. I'm pretending it's a cat. Yeah, and I named my dogs after people. Once Michael was cast as Howard, the rest was just letting the script do its work. As viewers, we're starting to be suspicious of Michael's character, Howard, because, well, he's weird. The writing of the character is such a gift, and mm-hmm. because he's not just one thing, he's several things at once that are often at odds with each other. I kind of found him to be very sweet and sour. So he's very emotional, very gentle in some ways, but has a sharp, sharp temper and a lot of, uh, you know, he has a lot of rage for, uh, for for someone in particular. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, I think he goes by the name of Uh, Tim Kono. Tim Kono. Yeah. (laughs) Dead man walking. Yes. Dead man walking. Yeah. So, um, it was it was really fun. It was such a fun role because it was not um, one note in any yeah. way, and that was in the writing. And then they really let me do what I wanted with the role, which was yeah. great. Uh-huh. Was there any kind of ad libbing with it, or you just like stuck? to No, the I script? stuck to the I stuck yeah. to the script. When you have yeah. like yeah. that room of writers <laughs> yeah. and others, you just kind of like go okay. with the go with what they wrote because they're yep. going to do it much better than I ever could. I will say there was something, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but there was, well, I'm sure it doesn't matter. Continue. There was like yeah. a little, there was a little line in the audition that didn't make it into the final script. Mm-hmm. I guess that there was a, there was a longer monologue about Evelyn the cat. And there yeah. was just this moment where he talks about her walking through apartments and people, um, or if I was eating potato chips and how she would lick my fingers, uh, lick the salt off of my fingers. And it was like this very touching, sort of very bizarre moment in this, in this speech. Um, it didn't make it in, but um, that is one of that was one of my favorite like things that I always hooked into when we started the scenes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what yeah. They had a special yeah. bond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the very first time right. that we meet you, which is in episode two, yeah, uh, it's at the memorial, and then mm-hmm. the very first time we meet you, you're crying. Yes, but quite it's a not bit. about it's yeah, not it's about Tim. It's <laughs> about, about the cat Evelyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That but that's was a, a pretty good introduction for the character. Yeah. yeah, great introduction and great introduction to everybody on the show. That was the first day that I filmed and I got to meet uh, Selena, Marty and Steve and Jane Hootieshell. And uh, I mean, I knew Jane and Jackie yeah. Hoffman, but it was just sort of a room of people I admired, people I uh, from, you know, ranging from people I grew up watching to people I've seen in a million plays to Selena Gomez, who I've danced poorly to her music for (laughs) a lot of my adult life. Um, So it was pretty, that day was a really great day. As the story progresses, 
Mabel and Charles go visit Howard in his apartment to feel him out as a suspect. And when Charles gets a nosebleed from anxiety, we discover Howard faints at the sight of blood, also known as vasovagal syncope. He falls to the floor. We wanted to know how much he had to fall to get that take. I fell, uh, I fell quite a few times, and you know what's really uh, amazing is uh, Gillian, the director, Gillian uh, Robespierre, who I've been a big fan of for a long time, uh, when we were talking about the episode, she wanted to know how comfortable I was with the fall and how, and I've done my own falls and stunts many times, but I just didn't know how intense it would be. So she's like, if you want someone there to do it in case you are not comfortable doing it, we can get uh, someone. So I recommended this guy, Danny Scotch, I think is how you say his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my stunt double on High Maintenance, which is this show I did uh, for HBO a few years ago. And... Um, so he was there and he was, I ended up doing the fall, but he was helping me do it safely with the stunt coordinator. But it was very funny because there was me dressed in that sort of uh, beautifully drab, yeah. long duster cardigan. <laughs> and the, You're comfortable. The, yeah, the mock turtleneck. And um, that was the, uh, I'm just to digress for a second. The fitting for this character was so fun because it was like, I'm, uh, you might not know, I'm a very vain person. I have 30 ring lights right now and a full face of <laughs> colored moisturizer. It's like a wind machine going. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Lip gloss. Um, yeah. But um, it was really fun to make this character, especially during episode three, look so sad and disheveled. So we were in the fitting and she was like, do you want this long cardigan? And I was like, this long, sad cardigan is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Let's put him in a mock <laughs> turtle sad. neck. Do you have yeah. it in brown? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you have so, it in drab? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I give Dana a lot of credit, the costume mm-hmm. designer. Um, but, um, oh, so I ended up doing all the um, falls, but there was another guy there who was like a stronger version of me in the very exact costume. Um, so there was two me's walking around. It was fun. <laughs> This whole project has been created during COVID. And for Michael, this was his first experience being back on set with a whole new set of rules. Um, it was, you know, lots it's of very protocols, weird. lots of testing, <clears throat> lots of protocols, everybody working so hard to make sure that everybody mm-hmm. was one, safe, and two, still comfortable and having a good time. So it was very different. It wasn't the same uh, as a normal set. Like you're not mm-hmm. hugging everyone. You're not seeing anybody's right. face for most of the day. Which is so um, hard, isn't it? Like not hugging, you just want to. I mean, we've gotten, gotten used yeah. to it now because it's been a year and a half, but it's so interesting. You so want to like, hey, how you yeah, doing? you want to connect. And, and mm-hmm. it was, it was, um, it was, it took some adjusting, you know, um, I think uh, Steve and Marty do impressions of what it's like to be directed by someone who has a mask on and a helmet. <laughs> and um, you can't really hear a lot of what they're saying. So you just kind of right. nod. And, um, I'll do I it think my way. I got that. Yeah, exactly. But um, so it was it was different, but it was um, I couldn't think of a better group of people to do it with. It was um you know, as soon as we started filming scenes, it felt very alive and very normal. Um, but it was, it was, you know, there were a lot of protocols and everybody followed them and, and uh, it was different. But I'm, I'm yeah. glad they made it happen. I can't even believe they made this show yeah. <laughs> during this time yeah. period. Is it something you got used to after a little while, like just going through it all? Um, yeah, I guess. I don't think I'll ever get used to meeting half of a person's face first, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, but yes, I got used to it and you kind of get used to like 
taking off the mask, making sure that you don't have lines on your cheeks, like it, making sure your beard isn't totally crazy because the mask made it crazy. Yeah. But um, I got used to it as best I could. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And I felt very taken care of by everyone. Yeah. Everybody was, I mean, the amount of work that just uh, like the PAs to John, the showrunner, to everyone in between, it's so much more work because there's a million other things to think about. Yeah. So I can't, I'm so grateful that the show got made and that I got to do it. Yeah. And Especially, in New York. And in New uh, York, in my home. <laughs> During episode three, Martin Short's character Oliver goes back to his directing skills to see if he can cast the murderer based on his list of suspects. And that's when we start to really suspect Howard. Yeah, I was flash <laughs> dance. Like flash dance, uh, yeah. cut off gray sweatshirt. And yeah, I band. loved doing that just because one, that sweater, well, that sweatshirt was a dream. Again, Dana. <laughs> it looked comfortable um, too. It was very comfortable. I, I think uh, Martin Short really liked it. Uh, he had mentioned he likes that sweater. He probably <laughs> has sweatshirt. it now. Um, and it was very fun because there was like sort of this sense I was approaching it from a sense of it was a real housewives catchphrase like it was sort of like this you know every answer was sort of this real housewives catchphrase and it was amazing to be on a big giant broadway stage or a, so that a, was an actual broadway theater and yeah well it was a it wasn't a broadway theater it was a um it was a theater i forget where it was it was Off the size broadway. of a broadway theater the but size yeah, of a broadway yeah. theater. um but it was Really exciting to one be on a stage since mm-hmm. I hadn't been on a stage in a couple of years, um, and uh, yeah, it was that was a really really fun. When sequence. you've when you've had theater auditions, have they ever had you lined up like that, like on no. the show? No, no, no. <laughs> but I don't do musicals. Maybe they do that for musicals. It's very chorus line. It's like what I imagine musicals. It's very showgirls. Yeah, yeah, very showgirls. <laughs> Next, I, I have never done that. I have <laughs> never been lined up. <laughs> Get off. Bring the ice cubes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that was, uh, it was really fun. The show captures New York really well. We've got a Broadway audition on a huge stage with actors that are quintessentially New York. And also the apartments. Like, I was, um, I'm really jealous of my character's apartment. Not necessarily the style of it, even though it's perfect for him. Keener was jealous of the style. (laughs) (laughs) She loves that giant, um, there's like a cat playground in the corner and like a little hutch with And I think there was a cat um, cookie jar in the kitchen on the counter. Oh, was there? That's what I was going to say. I never, I didn't go into the kitchen, but what I'm most jealous of is that kitchen is enormous. I mean, the apartment is enormous Mm -hmm. compared to like what really... New York. Yeah, what happens in New York? A working yes. actor in New York lives in right now. <laughs> yeah. But um, the apartment, um, the other apartments on the set, like they just did a killer job. Like the, they're all so many little details. You could do a whole tour of every apartment. Yeah. So you were um, on a stage for the apartments, and yes, the the building itself, the exterior was a location. Yeah, that's a real uh, building, and then the um, stage was the Broadway theater was an actual theater, and the. Um, the lobby of the building for episode two is an actual lobby of a building. So to recap, here's what we know so far. We were suspicious of Howard and the murder of Tim Kono. But Howard thinks Tim may have poisoned his cat Evelyn and is planning on getting toxicology tests done on the cat body that's in the freezer. Is that enough motive to drive someone like him to kill? Or is there someone else in the building poisoning the animals? Remember, Oliver comes home to a threatening note on the door and his dog, Winnie, on the floor and maybe poisoned. 
So what's our clue from Howard Morris? All I can say is I I think you'll uh, see Howard again at some point. Maybe. Do you know who the murderer is? Do I know who the murderer is? Yes. Well, you had, uh, you had, yeah. Not, uh, as, not as your character is. Oh, I, 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 I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know what time it is right now. Oh, it's my favorite it's time, time of the episode. It's time for stripping open, open an envelope and seeing who's wrong, who's right. What do you call it We again? won't know until... Oh, it's the Who Done It Summit. Who Done It Summit. Who Done It Summit G2 version. This is where we make our guess based on what we've um, seen, seen so, so far. up to episode three. Yes. Just and based on what we've seen. So they keep changing. Change. And I wish that, you know, unfortunately, I would have loved to it, it to be like uh, I knew from episode one, but they just keep changing. It's So play along at home. Play with your friends. All right. Okay, go. here we go. I'm going to do you first. Yes. Ooh. All right. So it's in a sealed envelope. It's a sealed I like to rip it open instead of just, you know. It's here we go. All right, KK, here let me go. see. Week three. Week three, Sting. Sting. That's a yeah. good guess. That is a good guess. I mean, it's just they put them in. You're, you know what your guesses are? The in-your-face guesses. But they are. They Think about the three of them. The first one was Maybe Mabel. Maybe the most obvious I'm is saying the, the first one was Mabel. The second one was um, uh, the cat guy, Howard, yes. and now Sting. Sting. Okay. Now mine, the first one was none. none. No one. I did not want to be wrong. So, you know. You were wrong though, no. because someone did do the potato, murders. Potato, potato. wasn't no potato, one. Potato, potato. Okay. And All then right. my second one was, what was my second one? <laughs> oh, my sweet bird lady. I yeah. love her. Flipping the lady the bird who lady. the bird. I'm the bird lady. Okay. Here we go. And- all this right. is my third one. I'm taking your envelope now. Your sealed I'm gonna envelope. Do no one's seen this. Triangle, please. Ding, ding, ding. And you put Nathan Lane's son. Yes. So that would be Teddy, the deli guy's yep. son. Yes. Who is deaf. Yes. That's who I think it is. Why do you think that? Because of all the clues so far. So he knows about the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, he's a really old, when they say your oldest or dearest, the ones you've known for so long, uh, might be the ones that you don't know at all. So that could be, I just feel like it's, there's some things in there mm-hmm. and it has to be somebody who knows about the podcast. That's true. That so, narrows it down a bit. That was mine. Okay. Ah. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll put we'll it up on happens. the board. Yeah. I mean, by the way. Five of those guesses could be wrong. So we might be, you know, one out of six so far. <laughs> We're sleuthers. We'll for we are sleuthers. Okay. On that note, we are tatying. Yes. Right? So we want to let you know. Goodbye. We'll see you next week. Next week. We're going to in the closet. In the closet <laughs> for episode four. Episode quattro. Episode uh four. Quattro fromage. Um, <laughs> You're episode. so international. Thank you. Well, we're always international. Bye, folks. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our first episode of Only Murders in the Pod, the fan podcast for Hulu's original series, Only Murders in the Building. If you liked it, which what's not to like, uh, make sure to share with your friends, rate it, and subscribe. Only Murders in the Pod is a production of Straw Hut Media. The show is hosted by Elizabeth Keener, me, and Kevin Lawn. That's me. Produced by Ryan Tillotson and William Sterling. Associate producer is Stephen Markley. Music by Kyle Merritt. 
And big, big thanks to John Hoffman, Ari Abache, and the entire Hulu team. See you again next week from Keener's Closet. Yeah. Minus the moths. Oh. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 